This podcast does not constitute medical advice. All changes surrounding medications, diet and exercise should be made in consultation with a professional who can assess your unique health circumstances. Welcome to the Patterson Program, where you'll learn how to improve your health from the inside out. And now, your host, Clint Patterson. Today, I'm really excited to have Angelica on this podcast with me. We're going to talk about non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. Angelica has been on them for what seems like a lifetime, but with the Patterson program, she's now gotten off them and feels tremendous. So this is going to be a feel-good story. She's all the way originally from Germany, but now has lived most of her life uh, in Canada. Welcome, Angelica. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I just wanted to say before I start this talk that I'm eternally grateful f- to you for for uh, sharing your story because if it hadn't been for you, I would not be in the position that I am, that is to be off my anti-inflammatories and to feel absolutely fantastic. So thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. And it's for, you know, wonderful feel-good moments like that and being able to help people that Melissa, my wife, originally said to me, look, if we can only just help one person by sharing our story, then it will be worth it. And we had all these notes that we'd put together, like all these sort of scattering of little workbooks and journals and Excel spreadsheets of body pain level scoring and all sorts of stuff. And uh, we'd had a collection of all of the articles that we'd used to justify the direction that we'd gone. And so it was just a matter of putting it together and then seeing if other people benefited. And sure enough, uh, that began, you know, what's been an incredible ride of hearing wonderful news frequently, which is uh, certainly, uh, you know, it's a wonderful situation to be in where you can help other people and and let's take nothing away from all the work that you've had to do, which is to actually implement the inf- information because so many people skim across a website and see that they can do these things and choose not to. So, you know, you can take a huge amount of responsibility and credit for what you've been able to achieve, which we'll now hear about. So tell us um, how when you got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, when? So I got diagnosed uh, with rheumatoid arthritis in 2001, and um, I was uh, put on on Vioxx first, and that was taken off the market, and then put on Celebrex, and uh, it didn't really do anything much for me. The doctor said I should be on it for a few months because it may not work right away, which is what I did, Uh, but nevertheless, it it really didn't help. And... um, I was uh, also had a synovial cyst in my at the back of my knee, and that was aspirated about three times and injected with cortisone, and that did help. And whenever I had the cortisone injected, all the pains in my body went, and that was good for about a month. And after the third time, he said, "I can't do it anymore. The next time it blows up, you're going to have to have surgery." And that wasn't in my books. I wasn't going to have anybody touch me, uh, give me medication, or touch me with a knife. <laughs> So um, then uh, that rheumatologist uh, retired and uh, my GP started taking care of me. Uh, Initially, when I was diagnosed, my um, CRP was uh, 89. Wow, that's a huge uh, CRP. 
Mine only ever got as high as 55, which is still very, very high given that it's meant to be below five. But, uh, you know, 89, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's probably in the top 10% bracket for cases that I see. I was really, I was very stiff. I had a total stiffness all over my body. And, um, and I had pain in my feet and in my hands mostly. And initially it, I had it in every, every joint in my body except my elbows and my hips. I had pains in, uh, right from my uh, neck, my jaw, my neck, all the way down to my toes, uh, my ankles, my toes. But I never had any pain in my hips or in my elbows the whole, all those years that I've had it. But um, nevertheless, uh, my GP started to take care of me and she said, well, try Advil. And ibuprofen, I should say, uh, which is what I did. And it did help me. And initially, I would take um, probably about 1,200 milligrams, sometimes more. But over the years, I started to, it, it worked for a while, and I felt reasonably comfortable with it. Then I added um, Tylenol to the uh, mix, and uh, I needed more medication. And uh, so uh, it did help. However, she eventually sent me to another rheumatologist and he suggested that I go on mesotrexate and or Paquinol. And uh, I had researched those meds and I didn't want to go on them. And he said, well, you know, if you don't take them, you're going to get joint deformation and uh, the Advil will only help the pain. It won't help the progression of the disease. And so uh, I said, well, I will take that chance and I will monitor myself, which is what I did. Anyway, I, until November 2017, I had um, flare-ups on and off. I managed reasonably well, but I can't say that I was really in, in the best shape. I think somebody without rheumatoid arthritis would feel a lot better than I did. But somehow you just sort of accept your, your, your lot in life over the years. And I kept on going and doing whatever I had to do. And uh, I did everything from gardening to whatever. Sometimes with pain, my joints would flare up. And I kept on going. So um, in the meantime, the rheumatologist would say, well, I really think you should go on these medications. And I said, I really don't want to go on them. And as the flare ups got worse, I started to feel that I was being boxed into a corner that soon I won't have a choice and I may have to go on them. So one day I'm sitting very nicely in my in my chair and I'm watching TV and I had this enormous nosebleed. And prior to that, I'd had uh, indigestion for about the past year. I'd had indigestion, heartburn. I was taking, um, I was taking antacids, and the nosebleed really kind of all the. I started to get really scared and worried because I knew bleeding was one of the problems. I was taking anti-inflammatories, so I, I had the nosebleed. I, I managed to to stop it. I didn't have a repeat. I got on my internet and I started to research. And before long, I came across your TED Talk. And that's what started my whole, um, my whole uh, recovery. Your TED Talk was so uh, exciting. I thought, I can't believe this is happening. I'm going to try this. So I, 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 I listened to you. And then I came across all the people that you had mentioned, Dr. Clapper, Dr. Um, all the researchers and nutritionists. And I started to research and research and research. And they were all saying the same thing. And I said, I'm going to try this. So I immediately stopped coffee and alcohol. 
that was before Christmas. And then just after Christmas, I stopped cold turkey, all meat, meat products, eggs, cheese. I stopped it immediately. And within a couple of days, I noticed that my neck pain was gone, completely gone. And prior to that, I had tried so many different pillows and uh, I wasn't getting any relief. The medication wasn't giving me any relief. So that was the first thing I noticed. And then I started the juicing. And uh, when I started the juicing, I noticed for the next day, I had no, I had no pain, no pain in my hands. I felt like I woke up in the morning, I could move my fingers. I, I was, it was unbelievable. Anyway, and from then on, I just, I, st I did the diet. And um, so I thought, well, I'm going to have to come off this medication. How am I going to do this? So I tried a few times, but I was still having pain. And then I decided that even if I have pain, I'm going to decrease it. And I'm going to keep on eating what I'm eating, what's good for me. And so over a two-week period, I noticed a big difference. Gradually, I was able to take less and less ibuprofen, and um, my pain decreased. And up to this point, it is still getting better all the time. And I was, uh, this was my situation. I tried many times to come off the medication, but I would, I would take it in the morning. I would take it at night, but sometimes I would get, forget to take it at night. And I would get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and I could barely move. I felt ill. I felt unwell. The, the veins in the back of my hands would, would all be uh, engorged. And it, it was just, just an awful feeling. I'd take the Advil and I'd go back to bed and I'd get up in the morning and I'd feel okay. So I did have that feeling a little bit, but it got less and less. And over a two-week period, I was able to come off the Advil and I was so happy. <laughs> and my pain level had decreased to the point where now I'm completely off. I haven't take, touched an Advil for weeks and weeks. And I'm eating the, uh, the, the healthy diet. And I feel absolutely fantastic. That's, That's my story. That is unbelievably awesome. You know, it's very, very unusual to have the condition for 17 years and never go on a disease modifying drug. It's probably, you're probably one in a hundred, maybe one in two or 300 people who like a statistics of, of, of that kind of approach. And what's fascinating is that you also never took any pregnazone, right? You never went on that either. And that was a great blessing because what I seem to see is that people who take the prednisone for long periods have a much greater difficulty with being able to come off it and to get well, um, almost compared to any other drug. And so it's fortunate that you didn't go down that path. Now, I never went down that path, even though one time I walked in and requested this of my rheumatologist, I said, what about one of those steroid shots right in the butt just to give me some pain relief for a couple of months so that I can get my knee working better, my everything, I'll be able to exercise more. And I had quite a case for having just a one-off prednisone shot. And he said, we don't do them in our office. He said, I just don't think it's a, a good strategy based on the science and based on, you know, his own personal opinion on it. And Thank God, because, you know, we know that even a general steroid shot uh, to the backside like that causes more leaky gut. Uh, I have my own personal views that are unscientifically substantiated that it actually, prednisone, deletes 
the mucosal lining of the intestinal wall and the colon in the same way it reduces mucus in asthma patients, it, I believe, reduces the mucus that's present that is the place where the bacteria need to live and to thrive and thereby, thereby making it so difficult to recover. There's nowhere for bacteria to regrow. And so, you know, your situation's unique from that, from that viewpoint. Now, I also think that's fascinating in that I've had other clients who have taken painkillers as long as you have. They've done other drugs as well, though, but they've taken painkillers daily for as long as you have. And I've also seen them, when they've changed to this program, be able to get off their painkillers even after a few decades of taking them. And so I find that really interesting. So there's something about the painkillers that although they cause more leaky gut, and we know that, the studies are really clear on that. I want to go through some in a second if we, if we, if we want to. Or I might just post the studies inside the show notes, which is probably uh, better. So on our website, when you come to Angelica's podcast, uh, you can just search by her name, A-N-G-E-L-I-K-A, uh, and you will find the show notes all about uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs and their their problems that have been medically published. Um, but somehow they don't seem to be as, I guess, uh, catastrophic long-term. And so this is, you know, more education for me as I continue to learn um, and it supports what I've seen with other people. You know, we don't want to be taking them on a daily basis because of their negative impacts on our healing. But, you know, you're a great example and I have others to cite where even if you do, once you get things right with your diet lifestyle, you can come off them without the enormous consequence that we can see with other drugs. Yes, I was uh, I was worried that perhaps I was addicted to them, but uh, they say you can't be addicted to uh, to these anti-inflammatories to ibuprofen. But then the other problem was the whole there was so much uh, there was so much new uh, evidence out there that you would get problems with heart disease and heart attacks and strokes, and so that all weighed heavily on my mind as well. But my uh, rheumatologist did think that I had a milder case. Of rheumatoid arthritis. He didn't think I had a really very serious case. My uh, CRP eventually went down to about 11.7. But even 11.7, I felt, I felt that my body did not feel right. But just uh, the end of March, I had my CRP checked and it had come down to 4.7. And that's the lowest it's ever been. And I really felt the difference. I didn't feel my body was inflamed. I felt totally loose and relaxed and pain-free. I could go down the stairs one step after another instead of one step at a time. And uh, I could get up at night and walk without being stiff. And uh, uh, so it, um, yeah, this diet really, really helped me. And it, it, it just did wonders. And now I will, my husband also started to go on, the, on the, he, he shared, he said, if you're going to eat like this, I'm going to eat like this. So that made a big difference because now I could just cook one uh, one meal for the two of us. And uh, his cholesterol went way down. My cholesterol went down as well. And he feels so much better. And uh, so I've passed on the information to friends and family. And I've told them about the Patterson program. And so, uh, 
yeah, it's been great. And and all my friends and family, everybody's been so supportive. People are always asking, how are you feeling? You look great. And I've also lost 28 pounds. And that makes me feel wonderful because I was a little bit overweight. So now I'm I'm just back to the weight I was in high school and I feel great. So psychologically, it's it's just boosted my morale like you wouldn't believe. Plus, I don't I don't have the depression, the feelings of depression. And there was always this thing in the back of my mind. I need to come off these drugs. You know, I, I'm going to end up with a stroke or a heart attack or something one of these days or a bleed in my yes. gut. Yes, exactly. And now I'm off it and I don't have that pressure anymore. And I feel yeah. great. I've, it's just it's just wonderful. I'm just so happy. Yes, it isn't. It's, you know, we could bask in the joy that we get from pain relief all day, every day, because the pain is so heavy and such a burden and so monotonous that, you know, when it, when it lifts its horrible pressure from our lives, then the feeling is elation at the highest level. It's euphoric, isn't it? Because It is, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, uh, yes, it is, uh, it, it's something that, you know, I talk about, I'm rewriting my book at the moment and I'm coming up with these nice little sentences, at least I think they're nice and phrases about, you know, wanting to be evangelical about some things in life. And I think that if there is anything to absolutely shout from the rooftops, it's that if we eat as many plants as possible and if we take it to the extreme, we just eat all plants to give ourselves the best possible opportunity of you know, gut health and low inflammation levels and, you know, a in that instance, a cruelty-free life to animals and, you know, a very low carbon footprint for the earth. I mean, what else would you not want to be excited about and scream about and tell everyone about and, quite frankly, be annoying about and self-righteous about? Because this is the ultimate way to live a life for you, other animals, and the planet to provide everyone with the kind of best outcome. And so, you know, you, you, uh, you feel good about yourself when you do this, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's mind-boggling. I'm, I'm still sometimes in disbelief. I think I've turned my whole life around because of this man, this wonderful person that I came across. And, uh, you know, I've, I've gone to, I've read, I've, I've listened to all your podcasts and I just couldn't get enough of them. I was, every time there's a new one, I'm right there. Or every time you send a, a message about some new thing, I'm right there and I'm reading it. And then I'm reading up all on, on Dr. McDougall's side. I went to his side and I read up, uh, I listened to all his podcasts and all his information and all the research and everything makes sense. And I wonder why haven't I done this before? But I don't, I don't dwell on that too much. It's just the here and now. It's done. I've, I've, I've started it. And uh, yesterday was yesterday. Today's today. And the future, well, hopefully it'll be bright. Yeah, it will remain bright as long as you continue to do what you do. You've already sort of demonstrated that after just a few weeks, the small amount of drug, although, it, although it's a significant dose that you were taking, just a single anti-inflammatory drug that you're on that you don't need anymore and that your body feels amazing, it would be inconsistent with everything else I've ever seen should you suddenly develop symptoms again tomorrow or the next day. 
right? Yes. As long as you keep doing what you're doing and every time that you start to feel some kind of little bit of symptoms not quite as good as they were the day before, quickly get back onto the basic foods, make sure you resume your juicing, add a little bit more salad and exercise more. And then it will subside again. And so you've got this game to play now, now and forever, just like I do. I'm the same. If if something's not quite perfect, I'm straight into my, for me, I don't normally go back to baseline foods, but I'll go to the gym. I'll just exercise a little more. I'll move my body a little more. And I just squash that thing till it's uh, uh, non-existent. You know what I mean? Um, And so, you know, yeah, we're always going to have some little bit of a 1% thing that we need to watch out for here and there, and we've got to get rid of it uh, and make it zero percenters. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, it's it's not a problem. I'm, uh, I'm getting used to cooking this way. I'm looking at new, exciting uh, ways of cooking, and I'm always finding out new ways of doing it. Today, I found out that you can slice sweet potatoes lengthwise and thick slices, put them in the toaster, for several goes, and then you can spread bean spread or something on them, and that's a great snack that you can make quickly. That's awesome. And uh, so every, and then I keep I keep a little book, and everything that every new recipe that I like that I've enjoyed making, I write into the book. So because I don't have a huge repertoire yet in the back of my mind, because I've cooked a certain way all yeah. those years. Yeah. So uh, now I need to I put it in a little book, and so if I what are we going to eat today, or what what am I going to shop for? I have my little book for reference, yeah. and then I've got all the recipes in there, whether they're in a cookbook or online or written down, and it's that's a great help. That so, is a great uh, and help. That's fun. I've even I've even baked a chocolate cake, a vegan chocolate cake with no oil, and uh, it was totally delicious, and everybody loves it. So uh, <laughs> so I'm happy, and my husband loves everything I cook. Whether it's good or not, I'm not sure, but he's just happy. And he's so he's so totally supportive. He's happy to see me slim and healthy and happy. And he says it couldn't be, he says, at this stage of our lives to have this kind of a uh, thing happening to us is wonderful. So it's great. It um, is amazing. I'm smiling. Oh, yes. Yes, so am I. Now, he uh, is he also originally German or is he Canadian? Yes, he's German also. Okay, great. Great. Okay, nice. Because the Germans tend to love traditionally, uh, I used to live with a, a big German guy, he's about six foot four. Um, you know, we're, when I was in a share house in Australia before Melissa um, moved to Australia to to, uh, to live with me, you know, I was in a share house and I uh, was with a big German guy and his diet was atrocious. I mean, everything was fried in oils and he was doing sausages all the time and and it was very, very fatty. So this must be, you know, to, to turn a German vegan, I mean, there's not, I mean, you must have German friends that are looking at you sideways. Well, you know what? I think it was, we're pretty modern in what we eat. We eat pretty much international food. But I mean, there's, there's certainly a lot of my mother's cooking that I kind of kept and, and still made. Although over the years, we've cut back on meat and oils. And I always thought I was eat, eating a reasonably good diet until I started this. And then I realized how much oil it was right. always olive oil is good for you. So olive yeah. oil went into everything. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Well, yeah. the other thing I wanted to say, I uh, many, many years ago, I was diagnosed with a latex allergy 
And I went to an, an allergist and he told me that I was allergic to lots and lots of vegetables. Uh, and uh, I kind of laughed at the time because I thought, I'm eating all those things all the time. Um, how could I be allergic to them? I didn't have any, uh, I mean, I had my, I had the rheumatoid arthritis, but I didn't connect the two. And now I'm finding that I can tolerate potatoes. The nightshade families don't agree with me. Um, uh, nuts don't agree with me. And so there are a few foods, a few foods that are the same in the same category as, uh, as latex foods. So that's melons, bananas, avocados. I can't eat any of those. So it does limit me in some way when yeah. I cook. Sure. And uh, so I'm, I'm just sort of wondering uh, what I should do once I don't want to lose weight anymore, how I keep up my weight if, I'm, if I can't eat those like avocados and, you know, those nuts, yeah. those fatty foods. So, so avocados and nuts are overkill when it comes to maintaining weight and even adding weight. Okay, so they are high in fat. And if we ate a lot of those each day, then, you know, if you ask you know, friends and fit friends or extended family who don't eat the sort of diet that you're on, they'll find that they're gaining weight by eating some of, you know, too much of those foods because of their fat content. So, you know, I found once I did an experiment where all I did was eat as much basmati rice as I possibly could with a tall glass of orange juice at every meal. So I was having what I call the um, mega miso meal. So that's basmati rice with miso paste, seaweed, and I was having my salad and then a huge amount or like a big glass, 600 mil of orange juice. I gained something like three kilograms in two weeks just by having most of my meals, just rice, orange juice, heaps of greens, and a little bit of other stuff, a little bit of different, you know, diversity with some different fruits and probably had a little bit of my two grain mix and stuff. But mostly it was just a simple repetitive diet like that and you know I surprised I was very surprised myself that I can put on three kilograms and I've never carried much body fat so it's just it was muscle but you have to go to the gym you're going to your muscles won't spontaneously build they need to be challenged to have micro tears when they get these micro tears they then rebuild themselves uh, and overcompensate for a future exercise of the same nature and so yeah so Look, if you're if you can eat rice, if you can have orange juice or another form of, you know, easy calories that don't cause your you to have any kind of um, pain imbalance, then you'll find that your weight is fine. You know. Okay, it's not yeah. a, it's not a problem yet, but it this thought had occurred to me. You know what to do. Yeah, start getting into a routine with some exercise. Start to add a little bit of resistance training. You might just want to get some light weights from a from a, uh, a store like Walmart or see a couple of weights for a few bucks. Uh, just do some arm exercises, do some simple squats at home. Yes, I have I have those and, yeah. and I do that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's, this, is good, this is good practice anyway, even if you're not trying to add weight. It's just good practice just to add a little bit of resistance training um, it's good for the bones, for strengthening them and for avoiding osteoporosis, which is mostly, according to Dr. Clapper, mostly a weight-bearing or a lack of weight-bearing disease. You know, we just, we're just sitting around too much. We're not loading our bones enough and forcing that, that, that uh, microscopic compression through the bones with some weight that causes them to then uh, 
you know, demand the nutrients that are needed to um, maintain good strength. He's got information. If people want more on that, they can just go to uh, drclapper.com. And doctor is the whole word, not DR. Um, and he's got uh, training on that online. That's very cheap. So that's a, that's, that'll, that'll keep your weight just fine. And uh, everything else sounds like it's well under control. So, um, you know, I just want to just uh, highlight some of the, uh, you know, we talked about putting on the show notes some of the dangers of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. The main categories are that they create gastrointestinal complications. So you get things like gastric ulcers, especially when they're used in parallel with prednisone. So prednisone plus non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs is the worst possible combination uh, or pairing of uh, rheumatoid drugs. Uh, and then also with uh, the leaky gut, and the studies are very clear uh, around that. In fact, uh, in my guide for rheumatologists, I think I have something like five different studies that that confirm that. And my own personal story with taking um, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories is that after a few months of being in a lot of pain, I went and took some of those and found them very effective at fast pain relief, but found that the effectiveness wore off after three weeks and I was taking increasingly high dose to get the same amount of pain relief. Um, and then after three weeks of taking them, I decided to stop taking them altogether because I thought something's not right here I'm, and I wanted to find out where my pain levels were after stopping those drugs. Well, let's say I went into that three-week period with my pain levels around a five out of ten I came out of that three-week period, my pain levels were an eight out of 10, and that's where they stayed. I could not shake it down from eight. It was like in three weeks, I'd gone up that massive jump in pain, and I was locked in, and that's where I stayed. And of course, I didn't know any of the tools or ways of eating that I described now. I was in a completely blind guessing game and eating the way that most people eat and looking for changes through supplements and things the way that most people do. Uh, you know, things like your glycosamine sulfate, chondroitin and fish oils and stuff. I mean, that's the kind of 101 level that I had when I was starting out. So I didn't know what to do to offset that, that pain. So um, I hope this has been really great for people listening who are on these painkillers um, who are going to be inspired by this. And, you know, it's really great that you're able to have, have done this. And, and just before we started this recording, you also mentioned your age, which shocked me because you look very, very healthy and young. Um, but would you uh, be kind to share your age with people who are watching this? I'm 73. 73. Right. So, uh, you know, you could you could easily pass for at least a decade younger than that. Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think that uh, this is also a really encouraging for our viewers or listeners who are around your age bracket and think, you know, if Angelica can do this, uh, maybe, maybe I can as well. And we'll also note that you haven't done anything radical because non-steroidals are um, discretionary drugs. They're the sort of things that you take based on your own feelings day to day that aren't prescribed a certain dose and require rheumatologist approval. So look, you haven't done anything radical. You've, you've, you've done something amazing with your eating. And then what you've been able to do was, was then for, um, you know, quite 
you know, not radical whatsoever, just coming off these medications. But in terms of the profound impact on your life and your future health, that's where it's radical, you know. So uh, one more thing I wanted to mention, Um, my um, TSH was actually up to, uh, went up to over five and I I started to get very weepy and depressed. So my doctor uh, increased my thyroid medication to um, increased it slightly and it gradually came down. It went down to 4.8 or something and then to just over 3.7. And then when I just had it checked after I'd been on this diet for uh, several weeks, it had gone down to 1.75. And that made me feel absolutely fantastic. I, I, I felt a lot calmer. I, I'm, my anxiety is gone. I'm just more relaxed. I sleep better. And I think it's all due to the fact that uh, I'm now eating this healthy diet. And, um, and the weight loss also, yeah, that's I think sensational. Has, has affected has affected this. So uh, when I see my doctor again in uh, end of June, I'm going to see if perhaps she can drop the uh, thyroxine or perhaps I can come off it. So we'll have to see. But I'm very happy about that, and that's the only medication I take. Other than that, I'm very lucky not to be taking anything else. Yeah. So I've I've I've, I've got I'm very happy to be in relatively good health in spite of having the rheumatoid arthritis all those years. So I consider myself very fortunate. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned I want to comment on the uh, thyroid medication and the thyroid markers in just a moment. But first of all, you mentioned that your rheumatologist earlier, about halfway through our call, uh, said that you didn't he didn't think you had a very particular bad case of rheumatoid arthritis, and yet. You know, you said you had an 89 C-reactive protein. So there's an inconsistency there. Your marker at the start was enormously high. You had pains throughout your body. So let's not dismiss what you've achieved as something that can only be done by people who have a small amount of like, you know, one finger problem. You were throughout your body except for just a couple of major joints. So let's not allow that to be just dismissed. And then second of all, um, we do see thyroid markers improve um, with people who have hypothyroidism, uh, not in all cases, but in enough cases for it to be exciting. And if anyone has that condition, should certainly be having their markers checked and see if they can improve by following this program. So uh, that's super exciting, especially how much your numbers came down. Uh, so that the lowest that your thyroid markers have ever been? Yes, that's the lowest they've ever been, yeah. Right. So you've got the lowest C-reactive protein and you've got the lowest thyroid markers and you've got the lowest pain that you've had. Yes, absolutely. But the most <laughs> happiness. Oh, absolutely. Can't compare. It's, I'm just thrilled over the moon. <laughs> awesome. Okay. And so well, I've got all the reasons. I've got all the reasons to keep this going because I don't want to, I don't want to ever feel sick again like that with my joints and, and feeling unwell. And uh, so I've got, um, you know, I've got the motivation to keep me going on this. Uh, and really, it's it, people say, oh, I couldn't do that. But you know what? If you don't want to have pain, you will do it. Yeah. You will do it. Yeah. It always so, comes back uh, to that, the pain. The pain's a great motivator. Absolutely. Yes, I'm, I'm very, very happy about it. Very happy. Yes. And thanks again so much. I'm, I can't thank you enough. I'm... I really, I wish I could go and hug you. 
<laughs> well, maybe we'll get to one day. What part of Canada are, are you in? Uh, I'm just about an hour and a half east of Toronto. Okay. I used to live in Toronto, but we've retired to the country where we had a cottage, which we tore down a couple of years ago, and we built our dream house. Oh, so uh, that's where we live now. And I, I, I paint, and I have a little artist studio here. And, uh, yeah, I'm quite happy living out here now. Oh, that's lovely. That's lovely. Well, great. Well, if I get to Toronto, which I would love to, and come up and maybe uh, give a seminar, then um, – uh, given that you told me that you opened my emails with a frantic pace, um, then I think you'll find out about when it's happening and we may be able to meet. For sure. For sure. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, lovely to chat with you. Really, really great to hear your progress. And uh, please keep me updated as you, uh, as you continue to do well down the track. I will. Thank you so much, Clint. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Patterson Program. For more information, visit pattersonprogram.com.